Today we're going to be speaking just one message. Uh, during the year, uh, at least once, twice a year, I try to pepper a message that'll get our get us um, uh, thinking in line, not just about us. Uh, um, so much of the time we come to church, and it's right that, that we teach the Word of God and, and, and you apply it to your own life. And that's right, and that's good, and that's necessary. Uh, so today's message has got an application in your life, but it really, one of the things I want, I want to stress is, is it's got an application that God wants to do through your life, through your life. And so today we want to talk just about this one, one message before we get into Easter next week. And here it is. Reach everybody you can. Just reach everybody you can. If we all would have the mindset that God wants to use us, that God's not interested in using just them, that God wants to use us, that we have the thought in our heart that I want God to use me to reach everybody that I can. When I'm moving through my day, when I'm going through my week, when I'm around the people that I'm around, God wants me to reach everybody that I can. God wants me to say something. God wants me to pray something. God wants me to get out of my comfort zone. God wants me to stretch across the aisle, per se, and reach somebody. God wants me to do things that I might be a little bit uncomfortable doing because he's got them or everybody constantly on his heart. Luke chapter 10, let's jump into here and let's, let's look at this verse. We'll read two scriptures and then I'll read a bunch of scriptures in a moment from the book of Acts that'll get us on pace with where we need to go today. Luke chapter 10, verse 1 and 2. After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city where he himself was about to go. Uh, then he said to them, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. We, I, I, th this is an, a phenomenal scripture because I think most of us probably grew up in church and we were kind of thinking that everything Jesus did, he did it through these 12 disciples. And this scripture tells us he didn't do everything just through the 12 disciples. That yeah, he worked with Peter, James, and John, and he worked with all those other brothers, but he had 70 others, Luke records, that they, he found, Luke wasn't an original disciple. He got saved and he, his heart turned and he wrote under Paul's ministry. So Luke was actually the writer of the gospel, Luke, and the book of Acts, Luke recorded that. So, so Luke is saying that, that there was this group that wasn't just the original 12, that was 70 others also, 70 others also. And I want, I want you to include yourself in these 70 others also. That you just don't think, well, that was just Paul, or that, excuse me, that was just Peter, and that was just James and John, and we know those brothers were just up there. But come on, we got some other people we don't even know about. Nameless. Nameless. That were working for Jesus, working with Jesus, in the same way he wants to work with you and me. 
in doing what he wants to do. And it's going to tell us what he wants to do. Number one, here's what we find out. The Lord appointed them. Come on, say that with me. The Lord appointed them. I don't know what happened there, but we got, we got something going on there. The Lord appointed them. Or the one translation says the Lord commissioned them. He commissioned them. Again, not certain people that had a bent towards outreach or evangelism. He just had these people that followed him, and he appointed 35 teams of people to each to go and to do something for him. He appointed them. He commissioned them. It's just like we would go to uh, uh, somebody that's getting pinned, somebody in the service or somebody you know, in the military, somebody in, in the police academy, and, and they've been appointed. They've been commissioned. T- take the commission today. You've been appointed and commissioned to work with and for Jesus. It says, then he sent them. Second thing, he sent them. He sent them. He appointed them, and then he sent them. He just didn't appoint them to do nothing. He didn't appoint them with a certificate like, you know, we've all gotten certificates before that really we put in a drawer. We're meaningless. There's some that have meant something to you. Graduation certificate. Come on, marriage certificate. That matters. But, but certain certificates we've all gotten that just don't matter. And that's not what he's talking about. He appointed them. He commissioned them. And then he sent them. He sent them to get busy doing what he called them to do. Not just to sit around, don't delay, don't wonder, don't keep asking me if you should. No, I've appointed you. And he sent them. He sent them where? Scripture says, in every city and in every place. Every city and every place. That tells me, Gary, you need to be on assignment Everywhere you go, in the long DMV line, checking out at Walmart, buying groceries over here, working over here Monday through Friday, you are on assignment every city and every place you go, you need to have your antenna up to be used by God. Come on, somebody. Come on, church. Uh, he, He appointed them. He sent them. In every city and place, it says this. Here's how it winds up. That he himself was about to go. He appointed them. He sent them in every city and place that he was about to go. It's incredible to me. Listen to me. Because he's going there, you go there. You're not going alone. That urge in you, that, 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 that person's face on your heart, that, that text, that, 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 that thing that you've got inside you to reach out to do. And then the nervous pitter-patter of your heart, like, what if they reject me? What if it's weird? What, all that. Listen, listen. No, 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 no. He appointed you. He sent you in every city and place that he wants to go. That's why you're sensing that. Then Jesus says and tells them, guys, listen, my my words, this thing we're about to do is is enormous. It's it's huge. This thing thing is great. There's a great need. But but before, listen, before before you go, I I know I've appointed you. I know I sent you. I, I, I know every place, every city that I'm about to go, that's where I want you to go. But before you go, 
he tells them, we got to do one thing. And he says this, you got to ask the Father for some help. you got to ask him for help. The scripture tells us he's called the Lord of the harvest. He's the ruler. He's the master. He's the overseer of this thing called the harvest. He knows everything. He knows everyone in the field of his harvest, in the acreage of his harvest that is actually called the earth. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Come on, everybody. He owns it all. He owns it all. And he's asking us to go into his fields, go into his lands, go into his countries, go into his cities, go into his states, go into his neighborhoods, go into the places where people work, go where there's nobody, go where there's everybody, go where there's many, go where there's few. Go everywhere and represent me to everybody you come in contact with. He calls this his harvest. But before you go, ask me. So, so he says this, pray specifically for God to send out laborers. That's what he tells us. Pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send out laborers into his harvest. And by the way, you are a laborer. I've said this many, many times before, you know, especially that, you know, like at a time maybe when we've had kids that were living in different places as we do now, we, we've, got, we've got two of our kids that live here in San Diego, we've got one child and, and family lives in Vegas, we've got a daughter at UConn uh, getting her master's degree, which is kind of interesting, San Diego State that she graduated from, and now she's at a master's program at UConn, so I don't know where her loyalties lie in that game Monday night. But, uh, 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 you know, and constantly praying, you know, thinking like that with our own family, Lord, send laborers across their path. I, I can't reach them. I'm not there. But you've got people there. But how many know there's families all across the world and, come on, across our nation and the world that are praying that have, have, a, have a son or a daughter that's in the military over here on 32nd Street over at Coronado, but Miramar. How many know they've got people that you work with that somebody's praying that there will be a labor that goes across their path? That's you and me. That's why you've got that thing in your heart because somebody's praying and you're that labor. You're the answer to somebody's prayer. Come on, everybody. Man, 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 man. So pray specifically for God to send out laborers. Listen to me. Not vacationers. You're, you're, we're, we're not on a vacation now since we made Jesus the Lord of our life. I'm going to heaven. I'm ready to take that spiritual cruise for eternity. I believe in it. He's my Lord. No, we're not on vacation. Listen, listen to the words. Send out laborers. When I think of laborers, I, my mind goes back to when we spent 13 years in Canada. And the town was a union town, and the biggest employer of all the men that lived in the city was a, was a, 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 a business called Cominco. It's owned by Tech, a worldwide silver, gold, and smelter mining refinery. They would bring in ore from the Northwest Territories and all over Canada, and they would smelt it, burn it with huge amounts of heat, and send, again, send a little bit of gold, but iron, and they'd send all these different precious metals uh, to different places all around the world to be used in manufacturing. And these guys worked hard. 
they worked four on and four off, four days on, four off, most of them. Some of them worked Monday through Friday, a day shift, but most of the men in our church, a lot of the men in our church worked four days on, four days off. They worked two 12-hour day shifts, then they worked two 12-hour night shifts. These guys, after that time, they were bagged, man. They were, they were working hard, and they were, one brother was in this smelting thing, and I actually went in there with them, and they're pouring that, that, that ore in this huge container. It's, it's, it, gosh, it was, just, I don't know what the diameter, 12 feet wide in diameter, and you see this stuff pouring, and it's slapping off, and if it hits you, it's, it's burning through you, man. And, and, and just, just the environment they worked in was really anti-God, and they had to hold their, t- you know, the, the whole uh, dressing room, the change room was filled with pornographic pictures, and one of the guys in our church tore him down, and he got beat to, you know what, and, and, and every time they'd do it, he'd tear him down, and, and there was always this war going on. Listen to me, we're in a battle, and we are laborers for Jesus Christ. I'm telling you right now, it's not going to be easy. It's going to be tough. It's going to be challenging. There's going to be some, some hard, come on, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. We're farmers. We're, athlete, we're, we're athletes. So, so we discipline ourselves, and, and we, want to, we want to take up the cross, and we want people to follow him as we follow Christ. We're laborers for Jesus. But then our prayer is that, you know, so, so our prayer isn't, you know, isn't just for somebody else to go, but our prayer is this. Send me to people who need you. That, that's our prayer. Come on, would you say that? Send me to people who need you. This, this, is, this is your prayer. Send me to people who need you at work. Send me to people who need you at Walmart. Send me to people who need you when I'm walking. Send me to people when I'm just hanging out. That all the time we have others on our mind because the harvest, come on, is great. And the laborers are few. So pray the Lord of the harvest that he would send out laborers, not vacationers, laborers into his harvest. Come on, somebody say amen to that. Amen, amen. Uh, And again, I I love what he says. One more time, I've already said it like six times, so forgive me, just want to drill it in. Jesus called it his harvest. He called it his harvest. Everything belongs to him. He's passionate about people finding him. Let me say this before we move on and read all these scriptures in the book of Acts concerning where I want to just again embed it in your and my heart is that Jesus comes to communities where believers are preparing for him to come. Listen to me. He sent out the 70 ahead of him to go in every city and every place he himself was about to go. Jesus sends and Jesus comes to communities where believers, that's you and me, are preparing for him to come. He doesn't come by accident. He doesn't come without invite. He comes as we welcome him to come in every place, in every city, in every community. You want want him to come to your community? You, You want him to come? I do. I want him to come here. I want him to come to Chula Vista. I want him to be with us. So, I, so I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. We're going to pray. But I'm also going to do something besides prayer. I'm going to let him send me as a laborer to be a bringer and an includer and a speaker for him. 
Uh, let's look at all these scriptures in the book of Acts. They're phenomenal. I, I don't know if these are all of them. I don't want to give all, all of them to you, but, but enough to you know, whet your appetite to where we need to go. Acts chapter 2, verse 47. Check it out. And the Lord added, come on, say the Lord added. The Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Uh, th this is in the book of Acts. This is after the day of Pentecost. Jesus already resurrected from the dead. He, he's in heaven. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father. The Holy Spirit's descended. These, these men and these women gave their heart to Jesus. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. 3,000 got saved when Peter preached, and they got filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says, as they did that, the Lord added to the church daily those that were being saved. Wow. Acts 5, verse 14. Check this out. Acts 5, 14. The believers were increasingly, this is, this is you know, a little while after, uh, the believers were increasingly added to the Lord. Multitudes, both of men and women, added to the Lord. Multitudes of men and women. Acts 6, 1. Now in those days, the number of disciples was multiplying. Multiplying. So we've got God adding. Now we've got God multiplying. Come on, that, come on. How many you know increases going on? Amen. Acts six seven. Uh, the word of God spread. The word of the Lord spread, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly. Just said multiply. Multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. I'd say the, the great many of the religious leaders, the priests, they were, they were connected with the Old Testament law. They were obedient to the faith. They, they, they'd never heard this before about Jesus being raised from the dead and about salvation, about the blood of Jesus cleansing you from all sin. And they were obedient to the faith. They gave their heart to the Lord. They got saved. Notice again, the word of God spread. Disciples multiplied greatly. Things were changing. Things were moving. Things were happening. Listen to me. What I know from this scripture already is this the Lord won't add or multiply unless we go the, the listen nobody heard anything unless somebody went no the, the, it wasn't the, the scripture says God has not ordained that angels preach God's not shouting for heaven everybody be saved Chula Vista be saved and everybody's gonna be saved that's not what he's doing he's saying I'm gonna send you as a laborer, I'm going to put my word in your mouth. I'm going to put somebody's face on your heart. I'm going to put somebody's need in front of you. And now you go. Come on, everybody. You go. Acts 12, 24. But the word of God grew and multiplied. Now we've got, we've got people and we've got the church being added to. We've got the church being multiplied. People, numbers being multiplied. But now we got the word of God growing. We've got the word of God in the people growing, in the city growing, and it's multiplying. Acts 13, 49. And the word of the Lord was being spread throughout all that reason. How'd that happen? How did this happen? Well, you know, God was just doing this sovereign kind of thing. Booyah, no sovereign thing. This was people that got fired up with the word of God and were talking to their family, their friends, their co-workers while they're, come on, they, they got texting, they got emailing, come on, they got IG and they got DMing, come on, they went on TikTok and TikToked, come on somebody. I don't think that's a thing, but you know. Uh, the word of the Lord was being spread. There is no spreading with the word of the Lord unless somebody's spreading it. Why do churches grow? Somebody tell somebody and bring somebody. 
Acts 14. They spoke. Come on, they say they spoke. Come on, come on, everybody, help me out. Come on, not just three ladies. Come on, one, two, three. They spoke. I love our ladies, by the way. Thank God for, come on, thank God for women in the church. Come on, somebody. Yeah. I love our men, too. Come on, thank God for men in the church. Come on. You know, there was, there was more women clapping for the men in the church than the men were actually clapping, by the way, but that's all right. That's all right. They spoke so that a great multitude of Jews and Greeks believed. I don't know about you, but that kind of fires me up. I want to speak so that people actually make a decision to believe. To believe. Wow. Wow. Now, what we see already in these like six or seven or whatever scriptures, eight scriptures, is that there's a direct correlation, a direct correlation between the word spreading and God multiplying. There's a direct correlation between people realizing, these early church folk realizing, I'm a la- and by the way, this, this has already happened. We, we, we just read, we just read about 15 years, about 15 years of history. This didn't happen in a month. All these scriptures from Acts chapter 2 to Acts 14, about 15 years. So this was constant that they did. This wasn't just a little, uh, can I say it this way? This wasn't just a little two-week revival. Woo! We've been to camp. Ah! Come to church. Oh! I got fired up to church. No, no, no. This was the lifestyle of the church. There's a direct correlation between the word spreading and God multiplying. It's connected. And so listen, let me just tell you real bold. My job as a pastor is not to do all the work. You know that. The scripture is real clear in Ephesians chapter 4. We all are to do the work of the ministry. My job is to teach the word of God so you get so fired up with the word of God that you're hearing that it begins working in your life in such a way that you cannot help but to share it with your family, your friends, and your coworkers. That, that's what happens. Anybody around you that'll listen. We're not talking about blowhorn on the side of the road. Turn or burn. Ah, who'd you vote for? Ah, that, that, that's, not, that's not scripture. That's really not what God says. God says I got a better way. How about you build a relationship with somebody? How about you let me lead you? And I'll work through you. Now, what we've been saying for the last couple of weeks, we said it for, I guess, a couple of years now, but I've mentioned it the last couple of weeks, is that the people who are the most receptive, listen, the people who are the most receptive to the gospel are in some kind of trouble, transition, and tension. So this ought to be, this, this ought to go off in your heart consistently. Who around me is in trouble? <laughs> Come on. Transition or tension? And you know what the answer is? Everybody. <laughs> we all got something going on with our family. We've got something going on with our body. We got something going on with our job. We got something going on with our past. We got something going on with that person. We all got something going on. So guess what God's going to do? God's going to highlight people around you that need him like right now, right now. 
and God wants you as a laborer to go to them, and he's going to give you a word in season, and you're going to be able to lift your voice, and the word's going to grow mightily in you, work through you, and that person's going to give their heart to Jesus Christ. Come on, everybody. I believe it. I believe it. Come on, Jesus said this, you're the salt of the earth, right? Matthew 5, you're the light of the world. Salt changes everything it comes in contact with. You can't put salt on anything and go, I wonder if there's salt on that. No. Instantly you taste it. Instantly you know it. I was out with somebody the other day, and I was having a taco. In fact, it was at Tacos El Gordo. Wow. That just... That just seems like right now, like, gee, I just, I just had a sensation of the Holy Spirit come on me right now, like never before. Maybe it's Taco Sunday. Come on, somebody. Can't wait till Tuesday. But as, our, but as we, we sat down, uh, come on, I, I know the talk, I always do just the carne asada, and come on, they, that brother was making it, and he slapped that guacamole on, and we went out, and we got the drinks, we got the lime, come on, I know the lime, come on, y'all, y'all turned me on to the lime, I didn't know the lime existed before, did a little lime, come on, I'm a, I, come on, gringo, we don't do lime, we don't know what lime's for, put a little lime, ooh, that's good, but this brother took a little salt, and he sprinkled a little salt on, on, the, on the meat. And, and then he said, have you ever tried that? I went, no. I put a little salt on it, and I was like. <laughs> I was transported to the third heaven. Let me tell you. Was, 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 was. Salt changes everything it comes in contact with. Your salt. When you walk in the room, things are getting ready to change. You're the light of the world. Light illuminates everything. Light, can I just tell you, while some people are nervous around you, it's because the light of God in you. Why they get fidgety, why they get a little bit weird, why they say stupid stuff, you know, it's because the light of God in you. And the light isn't to expose, you don't expose anybody, the light is just so that they can, that God can be revealed in you to them. And you can bring them to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Listen, we're just to, we're just to influence every environment we come in. I, I believe when we come into the room, we come into work, come on, answers are here, help's here, change is here, hope's here, peace is here, joy is here. I, I, I want you to win, and I can tell you how to win. Let Jesus be the Lord of your life. Amen, everybody? Amen. I saw this. This doesn't originate with me. I changed some of it, but, but I, I read this somewhere uh, recently that to reach everybody you can, listen, to reach everybody you can, here's the thought. You don't have to be like them to reach them, but you have to love them enough to tell them about Jesus. See, see, back growing up, you know, growing up meaning, meaning years and years ago, decades ago, there was this big move in the church that if you're going to reach certain people, you've got to get down there in the stuff with them. If, you, if you're going to reach those guys at the bar, you've got to go and get hammered and just jack it up, Jack Daniels, and you've got to put vodka, you got to vodka it up and, and so, so, they, so they know you're one of them and, and that you can handle all that and you can serve still. No, that's not the Jesus way. You don't have to go sleeping around to reach all the folks that are sleeping around. It's not what the Bible says. But you don't have to be like them to reach them, but you have to love them enough to tell them about Jesus. Second thought. The lack of compassion 
for lost people is directly proportional to the lack of contact you have with lost people. If you are not around lost people, can I tell you what's going to start happening in your life? You're going to start being judgmental and critical and negative and bitter and this whole haughtiness and proudness and forget that you were once of them. If you are, if all that's around your life is Christian friends and Jesus and, 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 and all church and all that, and, and you need to be, but if that's all you've got, you're going to lose contact with lost people that need you to be there as a laborer. And you will become jaded and you will become frustrated and you'll look at your news channel and your feed channel and you look at people talking and you'll just go, why do they act like that? Well, you've just lost contact. They do not know Jesus. And listen, the world is getting cray cray. Stupid banana stuff. Gender identity, give it a choice. Now we don't put gender. Now they're going to try to vote on it, the medical association. No gender, they want to put that not on birth certificates. We're going to let the child decide who they are. Crazy. Crazy. No longer is a man a man. No longer is a woman a woman. Crazy. That's the world we live in. But if you're not around those that are in the middle of it, you'll become frustrated and jaded and judgmental and proud. And that doesn't please God. Last thought about this before we move on because it's getting a little tense. If you can't get lost people to really love you, you may not get them to really love God. Any lost people that you hang around with at work that know you really love them, you don't agree with them. You don't agree with them. And you've tried to talk to them when they come in on Monday morning from the banger weekend in Vegas. And, and they know you know. But do they know that you really love them? That you're for them? That, that you want to help them? That you, you just, hey, here's my number. Come on, you want a side of the road? You stuck? Call me. Call me. I'll be there. I'm not talking about a Christian brother and sister. I'm talking about the unsaved one. It's interesting that we read it in Scripture that the sinners loved hanging around the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Jesus. How? Did he, accept, did, did he do what they did? Did he act the way they act? Did he talk the way they talked? Of course not. But he loved them in the middle of all their drama. Come on, church, let's do that. Amen? Let's do that. Let's do that. There's some images that people have of, of God. People have of themselves and people have of God. These images, I think, are important for us to look at as we just amp up for our Easter, Easter weekend. Some people look at the situation between them and, and, them and God as it, it's, it's a wall. It, it's a wall. Is that I'm on one side and God's on the other side. And, and this wall, I can't see him. He, he can't see me. 
It's too hard. I can't get there. He can't get here. He doesn't know me. He doesn't see me. It's a wall. It's a wall. But, but the scripture says this, that Jesus came to be our mediator. He's our go-between between you and God. Jesus is our bridge to God. The wall has been removed. Some other people look at their lives and look at their possibility with God but could never imagine it, and they look at their life as a garbage can. It's a garbage can. <laughs> you, you don't know. I, I've just done too many bad things. I've gone down too many alleys. There is absolutely no way. If he is real, if there's a God that's real, he would never, ever accept me. But they need somebody to tell them, laborer, that he became sin for you who knew no sin, that you might become the righteousness of God in Christ. The scripture says, listen, listen, he became you so he can redeem you. Nothing but mercy, nothing but grace. As soon as you turn, all you get is God's love. It's a wall, it's a garbage can. Other people, you know, probably you've talked to, and just these images I think help us. It's like a ladder. It's like a ladder. I could never get to God. That's what people say. He's distant. <laughs> if he doesn't care about my situation, again, if he's there, he ain't coming down here. Good news, he already did came to come down. You don't have to climb up. He already sent Jesus down. Jesus became man, identified with man, Philippians chapter 3, took on flesh, and he now is the redeemer and the restorer of anybody who receives him as Lord and Savior. Come on, somebody clap. Yeah. Yeah. Here's what I know. Listen, listen. You can believe in reaching people and never reach people. You can believe in the theory. I believe in the theory of a lot of things. We all do eating and education and exercise. But a lot of us, come on, me included, we don't do it all. I believe it. I believe it. We can believe in reaching all kinds of people as laborers and just never do it. My plea and my prayer is that we do it. Mervin's over here. Mervin, I'm going to talk about you for a second. Is that your mom and dad with you? Hey. No? Quintana's. Hey, couldn't see you guys. God bless y'all. Uh, let me tell Mervin's story. Sorry, Mervin. I'm going to tell it. Um, uh, <laughs> I love Mervyn. I'll tell you why I love him. Just got a chance to meet him. I've known Mervyn just about, about three months or something like that. And, and so here's the story. Kimberly's mom's here from Colorado. Been with us already a couple weeks. We got six more weeks to go. Come on, somebody pray. Everybody pray. Come on. I'm kidding. Hallelujah. I'm kidding. She's great. Nana's great. Come on. Nana's great. Nana's great. But, but last time she was here, it was brutal weather, like it's been rainy, 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 rainy. And so Kimberly was dropping her mom off uh, at the airport, and I was the driver. And so I dropped them all off there. They're checking in luggage. And, and Kimberly said, it's going to be late, long, you know, whatever, line stuff. And so I said, well, I'm going to go across the street and park. And so I was across the street at Sh Shelter Island, Harbor Island, whatever's over there. And I was parking. And then she said, oh, man, this is going to be real long. going to be real long. And so like any good God-fearing person in the, in the morning, like 10 a.m. in the morning, you're, and it's pouring down rain, uh, uh, the, the Lord gave me a dream for coffee. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I love coffee and tacos and people. 
and dogs and cats. No, 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 I'm not coming out, no. And so I, I pulled up my Google map and I went, I went uh, coffee around me. First one that came up was James Coffee. I went, oh, I know where that is. That's in Little Italy. So I drove over to James Coffee and thank God there's a parking place right up front. Pouring rain. Listen, cats and dogs, pouring rain. So I ran out and I went inside and James Coffee down there, Little Italy, cool place. Man, I got a little, you know, a cool little guy cutting hair, somebody in the office over here, people hanging out. It's got a cool vibe if you've never been down there. And um, so I walked in and, and there was a person in front of me and, and there's a guy behind the, the cash register and a gal. And, and, and I don't know him, and this is Mervin. I don't know Mervin yet. And, and so I, I, I walked up there and I said, hey, I want, a, I, I want a, a hot, large vanilla latte with oat milk. That's Jesus' drink for me right now, hot or cold. I said, I want a hot one. And he said, I pulled out my credit card and he said, no, he said, I got you. I said, I stopped for a minute and he, he went, I got you. And I went, what, what do you mean you got me? He said, no, I, I got you. It's okay. And I said, Hang on, hang on, hang on. I said, why are you buying me a coffee? And he said, well, I know you. And I said, how do you know me? I know I'm like blowing up on YouTube. <laughs> no, come on, everybody. Come on. Come on, you know, you know we got 95 viewers a week. I'm blowing up. <laughs> I love y'all. Y'all, I'm playing with you. Thank you. And so he said, no, I know you. He said, he said you're a friend of, of Josh Herrera. Josh, Pastor Josh is a great, great friend at Lighthouse out here in, East, in, in uh, East Lake. And now he actually pastors a church up in Vista. Good friend. He's preached here before. And uh, he said, I know you through Pastor Josh. And I went, oh, man. So I'm standing there. And he's making the latte, and I'm talking to him, and the other girl's kind of looking, kind of going, oh, my God, here's this guy, and oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And he 